I'm so excited about steel dealers jumping on board with us because I utilize a lot of their equipment. If you like to do any projects around home, or even if you don't, S-T-I-H-L, steeldealers.com. They'll make your life so much easier. They have chainsaws. They have blowers for the garage, for the porch to clean off the deck. They have these little hand saws now. They have so many different elements of equipment that just help out around your house, whether you have a big house, a small house, whether you live in an apartment, you can still utilize all of their great Products. Steel, a company built on real power tools, built for real people like you and me, and dealers who deliver real service. They have over 9,000 dealers nationwide. And Steel is the official handheld outdoor power equipment of the Colorado Rockies. They have wonderful, wonderful equipment. I have a, a garage full of their stuff, and I utilize it all the time. You're going to love it. Go to your local steel dealer, S-T-I-H-L, steel dealer, to find gas, electric, and battery-powered tools to get the job done. This week on the Drew Goodman Podcast with Julie Brownman, a rough patch for the Rockies. The great thing is the Rockies got off to a wonderful start, 11-3, and three, so they bought themselves some room for error, but they've got to turn this around. Where are the bats? People are going to start talking about Nolan. Nolan's the guy that comes out and makes it very clear that he wants to play for a winner. Well, he's got to actually pull his weight as well. And on the bright side, they lead baseball in road ERA by more than a run. And Rockies leadoff man Garrett Hampson joins Drew and says he still likes his team's chances. We know we have a really good team and we got a shot to do some damage in the playoffs. We got to get there first, but um, we believe in each other and we got a good shot. This is the Drew Goodman Podcast with Julie Brownman. That is right. You are tuning in to the Drew Goodman Podcast with Julie Brownman, episode number 58. Von Miller, baby. That's Von right. Miller's number 58. That he is. Yeah. I don't really have a Bronco thought right now. I don't have any Bronco thoughts right now, other than I know they're, they've been in pads the last couple of days. We'll have plenty of Bronco thoughts down the road. Um, a lot of baseball thoughts. Mm-hmm. Uh, a big tip of the cap. We're taping this on a Wednesday night at your uh, lovely abode. Yes. And the Avalanche just eliminated the Arizona Coyotes. Mm-hmm. 7-1. Yeah. Yeah, 7-1 in the elimination game. It was a monumental mismatch talent-wise on the ice. And I cannot tell you how much fun they are, the Avalanche, to watch. So we're down at Coors Field getting ready for, for the Rockies game against Houston tonight, which mm-hmm. obviously did not go well, 13-6 to final. The Rockies are in a rough spot. We're getting to that momentarily. But the Avalanche game, the whole time during batting practice, was on Rockies' vision. And I love when the other teams are rooting for and supporting the other teams in town. You know, the Nuggets are going now in the postseason. The Avalanche have moved on to the second round. The Rockies, uh, hey, Buddy was wearing, do you see that? A buddy was wearing an Avalanche sweater in his pregame uh, interview a couple of days ago. I think it's kind of fun that those guys, they get giddy when, like, I know some of the Broncos would come down to the lock, to the clubhouse when you could, or um, some of the other teams, and the guys get, like, giddy when they get to get their picture taken with them. So that's a really cool thing to see. So this is a baseball podcast for right now. And we're going to go into the steel power drive of the game. And I know usually this is a positive thing. I'm not seeing any power drew (laughs) out there offensively. The Rockies at this point have lost eight of 10. I want to be, I want to ask you WTF. You're absolutely right. There hasn't been many power drives of the game. The Rockies down in Houston had six total hits. Trevor had a power drive, a home run. Then there were five singles over two games. Yeah. Over 
over 20 innings of baseball because remember the the second game went to extra innings and and they scored some basically garbage runs to steal a basketball phrase, you know, in a blowout. They scored some garbage runs on Wednesday night. They're not in a good place. Even when you play 60, you're going to have periods where you don't play well. The great thing is the Rockies got off to a wonderful start, 11-3, and three, so they bought themselves um, a little bit of, you know, not only goodwill, but they've bought themselves some room for error. But they've got to turn this around. They have a day Can game. I, I just want to throw yes. you into my closet right now when you say that. Like, really? I know that's a positive thing. You're, you sound like social media now. <laughs> Which we're going to talk about we're, a little bit later. We are going to talk about those social media folks later. You are 100% right. Starting out 11 and 3, God knows where they would be if they didn't. But gosh darn it. No, you're right. Here's where you're right, Julie. It's different than the normal narrative when the Rockies hit the skids. And that normally centers around, can anybody pitch? They're giving up 12 runs a night. The bullpen's a mess. Yada, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. This is different because, you know, tonight it got away from Ryan Castellani a little bit. And, and then the bullpen, you know, for the first time this year, Jeff Hoffman, who's been very good, was not good tonight. Mm -hmm. uh, but this is more centered around how you led to this segment. The offense. Where's the offense? Nolan, unfortunately, who's as good a player as there is in baseball, has gotten off to a very poor start offensively. Uh, as of uh, right now, I think he's two for 26 with runners in scoring position for the season. And, you know, Trevor's been solid. Charlie Blackman's been, you know, great, but he's cooled off a little bit. I mean, he can't, you're not going to hit 500 the whole year. Right. And the rest of the lineup has not done much of anything. And this reared its head somewhat last year. Where the Rockies have some big names, and they're very reliant on those names to carry their offense. But the rest of the lineup, the other guys, the bottom half of the lineup, has to do more. And, and of course, your superstars have to be good, especially in a truncated season. And so the Rockies need, I mean, almost immediately, Nolan to start being Nolan offensively. Yeah, I feel like this is actually starting to be kind of a storyline with the Rockies in the last few years. Remember in the playoffs? They get Milwaukee. They yes. couldn't score. They couldn't score. And it's it's wildly frustrating because you look at what they should be doing. And we say this all the time because then all of our, all of our focus goes to the pitching. But this is starting to be a storyline that's happening all the time that we're talking about a lot. Right. And, um, you know, if, if you're watching carefully, even though you play your games at Coors Field where it's much easier to score, they have – they have struggled uh, to to get a consistent offense going. And unfortunately, David Dahl got off to a miserable start after opening day when he had three hits. Ryan McMahon's thrown out, uh, you know, a couple homers over the last week. But, you know, he'd be the first to raise his hand and said, I have not been, you know, great so far. Matt Kemp's contributed some. Uh, but, you know, you don't get a lot out of your, out of your catchers. Uh, you know, Daniel Murphy, uh, you know, by and large, been pretty good, but like everybody else, the last week or so, he has not swung the bat very well, and it's yeah, it's it's concerning. I, mean, I don't think there's any other way to to put it because every game has heightened importance, Julie, because there's only sixty of them. What would your explanation be? I mean, there's going to be people that are going to go. It's the hitting coach. There's going to be people that are go. They're squeezing their bats. Um, People are going to start talking about Nolan. Nolan's the guy that comes out and makes it very clear that he wants to play for a winner. Well, he's got to actually pull his weight as well. And we know he's a fabulous player, 
But this is also a storyline that we talk about. Nolan kind of talks, but then Nolan doesn't always deliver. And I know he's he's a great player. I get it. I get it. I get it. But we do have what's happening right now. Yeah, and, and I'm sure there's people out there, cynics, who are saying, "See karma." Um, you know, now now you're not playing well. He's had other periods in his career, as great as he's been, where he's gone, you know, three four weeks and was you know two for 20 we we looked this up with runners in scoring position mm-hmm. but again everything is heightened this year because of the brevity of the season um so they're now going through their first funk as you said they've lost eight out of ten as we tape on this wednesday night and they got the dodgers coming and up And you have the dodgers coming up you knew going into this week julie we talked about it last week on the podcast yeah, we did we knew this was a big week houston even though they hadn't been playing well and now all of a sudden they are this is a team that's won over 300 regular season games the last three years. They've been in the World Series two of the last three years. Forget the controversy and the cheating. This this is a really talented club. And then you were playing L.A. for three. And all of a sudden on the other side, in Arizona for four, and Arizona's playing really well. So you can't go in one of these tailspins. you gotta, you got to, you know— keep coming up for for air and, and somehow find a way to win a few ball games in there. So tell me a reason why the season is not going into the pooper right now. What I fall back on is disappointing as the offense has been overall with a couple of exceptions. And we talked about, I mean, Charlie's having, you know, an exquisite year, you know, Trevor's is, is having a really good year. And I, and I believe Nolan's going to hit, he's just too good not to, um, Garrett Hampson has done a nice job at the top of the lineup. He's our special guest uh, today. I li- I really like him up there because he walks. Um, he has the ability to to produce an extra base hit and his great speed. Um, but more than anything, Julie, I don't know about the offense the second half. I don't know how much better it will get. Hopefully it does, certainly. But their starting pitching is so good. They lead baseball not just the national league they lead baseball in road era by more than a run wow they have one of the you're not gonna believe this because when i read this stat i almost fell out of my chair they have one of the five best road earned run averages through 10 games small sample size since 1945 oh my god how about that the rockies I didn't. We didn't get to it tonight, oh, wow. and and especially because they're home. Mm-hmm. But we we will get to that. I mean, that's remarkable. We'll get to that certainly Friday when they roll into Dodger Stadium. Mm-hmm. So so the group of you know Herman Marcus, you mm-hmm. know John Gray, Kyle Freeland's been lights out. Antonio Senzatella, brilliant performance down in Houston. They're they're really good. And and Castellani, who wasn't as good tonight, his first two starts was you know terrific. He gives up two hits total. Mm-hmm. So that's why I believe the sport will always be about pitching, that they will hang in there. They're going to survive this down period. I believe they'll be a playoff team, but it's it's really interesting that it, you're going to point more to the starting pitching being the reason perhaps than what should be an offense that is that is greatly celebrated, um, but it has some flaws and, and the flaws have been uh, – you know, have have kind of emerged here in the first 20 plus games. If you can believe it, next week will be the halfway point. Later in the week will be the halfway point of the season with, at this point, the Rockies being four behind the Dodgers and like half game up, I think of Arizona. Arizona. It's kind of go time, right? But I did want to ask you um, of the starting pitching. Of course, we love seeing what Freeland's doing. We love it. I'm totally enjoying Sensatella. 
what he's doing out there. Uh, you have two guys in that rotation. I mean, Herman Marcus, you, you knew was going to be a top flight pitcher. He's thrown five games as of this taping. He's allowed two earned runs or less. He has a 225 ERA. Hopefully he's a stopper, you know, against Houston on Thursday afternoon. Uh, but two guys who've made great strides in, in Kyle Freeland's um, situation. Not only is he throwing like he did in 2018, I think he's even better because he's added a curveball and a changeup that he utilizes more. He's a more complete pitcher for me than he was in 2018. In 2018, he was one of the best pitchers in baseball. So I'm so excited about that. And Antonio Senzatella, he he's made of the right stuff. I mean, these guys are really competitive. They want they don't just want to be big leaguers. They don't just want to be you know solid. They want to be great. And Senzatella, um, who had a celebrated minor league career, has really made strides with his curveball, slider, and changeup. And I mean, he tamed a really good Houston lineup. Uh, you know, eight shutout innings the other day. So I'm I'm excited in particular, as you said, about those two guys. Speaking of excited, we are incredibly excited, as we just talked about, with all the sports teams here in Colorado doing so well. It's the perfect time to start playing on the app Bet Monarch, right? I mean, you want to watch your teams win, but you also want to make a little bit of money. Talked about the Avalanche with a 7-1 win over the Coyotes in Game 5, so they move on to the second round. Nuggets Jazz, they are in the first round series, nodded at 1. Rockies trying to keep, you know, in playoff contention, so it's a perfect time to start playing on that Bet Monarch app. So download the Bet Monarch app anytime in the Apple App Store for Apple devices or on their website, monarchblackhawk.com for Android devices. Every wager earns comps for use on their property, and it's a beautiful property. You can also wager 24-7 on their sports betting kiosks inside the casino. Bet Monarch app. So I told you for the last couple of weeks that Boyer's Coffee, we have an exciting announcement. You have. You've been teasing us for a couple right. of weeks, but you haven't told us the announcement. Okay, here's the announcement. The Boyer's Coffee Mobile Coffee Cafe, basically a huge coffee and food truck, is going to be parked at the Old Schoolhouse Cafe location at 23rd and Washington. So you can now go in person have a cup of Boyer's Coffee. It's awesome. They don't have the hours yet. They don't know exactly when the day is going to be. You're going to listen to the podcast. They'll post it on their website and their Facebook page. Select menu of specialty drinks made by the Boyer's Baristas that we know and we love. We go see them a lot. They'll have a coffee cottage. You can purchase bags of freshly roasted Boyer's Coffee. Again, still roasted by the expert team right here in Denver. Also, Drew, we got we to gotta do this. There's going to be outdoor seating available for some socially distanced relaxation with your handcrafted beverage. So you can now go to the old schoolhouse location, 73rd in Washington. There's going to be a huge food truck and coffee truck, and you can have some Boyer's Coffee. I think that's super exciting. It's super exciting. They have good eats as well. You and I are going to go up there and uh, and visit, and uh, I'm excited about that. And, I, and I'm so excited as they've made their way through what has just been a very difficult time frame from the fire in late March, and they're back on their feet. Yeah, so we'll go out and see them. Coming up, we'll get those dates for you a little bit later. So one thing going on in sports, and it is a bit of an evergreen topic, even though it just happened a few days ago. Unwritten rules are being brought up. Well, in baseball in particular, I mean, baseball, I mean, goes way back and there's this long list of unwritten rules. And, you know, every everything and everybody needs to evolve, right? It's like one of my favorite movie lines, Jeff Goldblum in The Big Chill back in the mid-80s, remember? Oh, I'm yeah. evolving. 
Um, I tend to skew more old school. As a coach of amateur baseball players at the high school and young collegiate players, you know, if you're if you're way up, you don't run, you you don't swing three and zero as happened in the game. But at the amateur level, when you're way up, there's usually a disparity in talent. You know, if your mm-hmm. team's way up, you're probably you know significantly better than the other team. This is the major leagues, and I think you have to look at the complexion of the game. Speaking specifically to Fernando Tatis swinging a three zero pitch and hitting a grand slam. They were up seven in the eighth inning. So the other teams, Texas in this case, still had six outs of offense. Chris Woodward, their manager, was very upset, right? Well, they're the same team, Julie, that at Coors Field was down by six going to the ninth inning and scored five and had two guys on. Yeah, They were they were a hit away from taking the lead. So had the Rockies done the same thing in the eighth, I'm sure he would have been upset. It was almost right. the same situation. You, you it, Every time you just say, oh, unwritten rules, I think you have to see where it applies. Like at Coors Field, you know, yeah, if you're up 12, you've got to shut it down. But six or seven at Coors Field, different deal. If it's a ping pong match at Wrigley Field and it's and it's 13 to eight, well, it's already been crazy. And you don't, they may not have a lot of pitching left. So you might not feel that that five or six run lead is secure. So yeah, we're going to still try to add on. I, one of the analogies I make, because now you're getting me on my soapbox. One of the analogies I make, let's say um, you are the backup quarterback um, the last several years at Washington State when Mike Leach was there, and they throw 65 times a game. That's their offense. When you get in a game, and let's it's lopsided, Washington State's way up, and you're the backup quarterback. Do you not have the right to still run your offense, which is throwing the ball? Is that running it up? No, you're trying to get that kid proper reps. It's, it's incumbent on the defense of the other t- team to try to slow them down. Uh, there's some archaic rules in baseball. Do you realize that for a long period of time, Julie, if you took a really big swing, this was more prevalent in the 70s and 80s, the, you know, an old school pitcher may have knocked you down, so you took too big a swing the hell is that isn't that his job trying to hit the ball as hard and as far as he can mm-hmm, very but, antiquated thinking. yeah that is really antiquated one that's going away is the bat flip we see celebrations in football and most people are okay with it and it's like okay it's emotional and even mm-hmm. if it's you know pre-orchestrated okay they're having fun no big deal it doesn't detract from anybody nobody's trying to show somebody up um, you know, we see it in basketball. We see it in other sports. Well, baseball was like verboten, unwritten rule. You hit a home run, put your head down, run around the bases. I'm all right with that. Be you know, act like you've been there before. I'm fine. Again, I skew old school. But you know what? It's okay. It's, it's hard to hit a home run. It's really hard. And so the bat flip. Trevor Story is is kind of an old school kid. He's quiet. He just busts his ass, and he's a great talent and works his tail off. He had a pretty good bat flip the other day down in Texas, you may have seen, and yeah. I'm all right with it. I do think that with the bat flip, it kind of depends on who's doing it. If it's Puig, I want to punch him, right? Well, the, but yeah, but I, I do. So you're, you're, I understand what you're saying, but you're letting your other thoughts on somebody enter yeah, into yeah, the yeah. equation. No, for sure. The interesting thing about Tatis and what that situation is, I have yet to really hear somebody... Um, I know the both managers, I think, ha- had taken um, issue with it initially. Yeah. Um, 
But I've yet to hear somebody really back that up now. I think that they kind of walk that back like, oh, that, that was wrong. I think the unwritten rules and the antiquated thought about it, it's, it's kind of changing with the times. I think, I think so. And I want to pick out three guys, a new, a new wave guy, Trevor Bauer, who's a pitcher. I mean, if it's going to irritate anybody, it's going to be a pitcher. Yeah. Trevor Bauer came out in, uh, of the Reds and said, hey, you know what? First of all, it's hard to hit home runs. I'm, I'm paraphrasing what he said. Kid, keep being you. I mean, Fernando Tatis is the most exciting player in baseball right mm-hmm. now. Forget how old, young he is. He's the most exciting player in the game right now. And from all indications, he's a great kid. I visited with him a little bit last year. He plays with a smile on his face. I mean, baseball should be marketing the crap out of him. Yeah. And... I don't think he has a you know a, a mean bone in his body or or, a, or or wants to disrespect the game. He's the son of a former big leaguer, obviously. Um, so, uh, and two other guys came out. That's what I was going to say. Johnny Bench, yeah, I Johnny's saw that. old school, yep. right? And Reggie Jackson, I think. And came Reggie out. Jackson came out. I mean, these guys grew mm-hmm. up in the seventies. These guys were Hall of Famers through the seventies, and. And believe me, that's when everything was conservative. And they said, no, kid, be you. You're all right. Last thing on this, the, the sport needs younger fans. We know this, right? I mean, the, the, I think the ratings have slowly gone down. You think, you think millennials, younger people care about antiquated, unwritten rules? They don't. No, you answered your, I mean, it was a rhetorical question. Good you, job, you, Julie. Yeah, good job. Julie, pat yourself on the back <laughs> again. You hadn't done that yet today. So as you... Keep patting yourself on the back. <laughs> okay. I'm going to take us to our Ideal Home Loans interview of the week. Here's another young star in the making. He's not a national level star like Tatis yet, but this is a kid I, I really like a lot. You talk about a guy who goes about his business the right way and has a boatload of talent, and he's really done a nice job the last couple of weeks for the Rockies, Garrett Hampson. All right, Hamp, before, uh, before I get into the particulars of baseball, uh, you are now and have been for a while a married man. So good good for you, and uh, how's that going? It's going great. It's going great. Um, we're, still, uh, we're still in love, so that's, that's a good thing. But we're, we're getting along just fine. She's been my uh, best friend for, I mean, eight years now, so it's nothing really new for us, but um, we're enjoying it for sure. She had you around a little bit more than uh, she typically would the first uh, four months of spring into the summer, huh? Yeah, she was enjoying our time together for sure. I don't know. She's getting pretty spoiled. I don't know how she's going to react for, for next year, hopefully. I mean, hopefully we can, you know, I'll get back to normal. But, um, yeah, it's been nice to spend spend more time with her for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, real quick, because I didn't have a chance to ask you, uh, where and how were you able to prepare for – the season that is now 60 games because there was uncertainty. You didn't know when it would start, et cetera. But uh, were you able to lift and, and, and do some baseball activity stuff? Yeah, it was a little bit on the fly. Um, just it seemed like you, you heard something new every day, you know, like where, where we're going to be or if this is going to happen, what you did. So it was really just like a week by week thing. I was never in one spot for very long. Um, I mean, I, I think I hit at five different cages and, you know, lifted at, you know, 10 different uh, places uh, with, with weights and everything. But, um, you know, when we, when we first got shut down, I was, I was doing some park workouts. There was like a little park by my apartment. Um, and my wife, who's a personal trainer was, was running me through some personal, some personal workouts, but um, in the, in the, in the heat, but it was just, it was tough. Cause you, like I said, you didn't really know what to do. When, when did you get to Denver to work out? 
I would say probably a month into uh, after we got shut down from spring training. So that would have been, I think we got shut down, what, mid-March? So by mid-April, I think I was... I was up here training. Hey, I got a question for you. I never asked you because Reno and I and you and I have talked about Reno. I've spent a good deal of time in Reno, and obviously Denver's much bigger than Reno. But in terms of you know being in the mountains, right on the cusp of the mountains, it, there's a lot of similarities to where you grew up in, in Denver. Will you make your off season home here, or will you always head back to Reno? You know, I don't have a a, a, a set place yet. Um, I love. I love, like you said, I love the mountains. I love going back to Reno, visiting some, uh, Lake Tahoe, and uh, Colorado. Man, it is so beautiful. I, I haven't gotten enough, uh, you know, chances to to explore a little bit, but I definitely want to get around uh, the beauty the beauty of Colorado and, and see what's out there. Um, but yeah, one day, one day we'll see. You've seized an opportunity. Uh, you've taken over an everyday role, leading off. Uh, did you see it coming? And, uh, you know, take us through the first three and a half weeks of this season from your perspective. Yeah, you know, um, I think I think the thing about this team is is a lot of guys feel that they should play every single day. You know, I think that's probably a good thing to have. Um, uh, I know with this shortened schedule, you know, I think Buddy's mentioned a couple times, like he's going to play, he's going to play the hot hand. And, um, you know, I think that's what he's done the first few weeks here in the season, but, um, you know, I think I could bring a lot to the team if, if I'm leading off, uh, every day. So I'm excited to hopefully take advantage of this opportunity and, and, you know, hopefully result in, in wins as well. It's such a big adjustment going from, you know, the minor leagues, even AAA to, to the big league, certainly. And you and I have discussed that in the past, but you were a shortstop your whole life and now you're running around the outfield. You made an unbelievable catch in left field, uh, you know, a week, 10 days ago. And, and now every day you're lined up in center field. Even when David's been in there of late, he's been in, in left field. Which is the most comfortable for you? And do you feel like an outfielder now? Uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like uh, I feel like an outfielder. You know, I don't I don't know what the future holds as far as, you know, me being out there every single day um, rather than in the infield. But, at, you know, the way it's looking like for – the near future, I think uh, I'll see some time out there. Uh, I do feel really comfortable. I, I like center field. I feel like I could utilize my speed out there and, and go track some balls down. But, you know, I've said this before. I, I, I'm not really concerned about the position that, you know, I'll be playing. I, I, I just want to I want to be in the lineup and, and try to contribute wherever I am every day. Did, did you ever worry, because you are such a terrific athlete and so versatile, that you would get typecast and also because you're not, you know, six, three, you know, and 220 pounds that you'd get typecast as a super utility guy and never have the opportunity, which you've taken advantage of now to be that guy, as you were saying, that's in there every day. Yeah. You know, I think there's always going to be labels or, you know, viewpoints as far as the, the outside looks in, but I think internally, uh, I think, you know, eventually the coaches and, and my teammates will, will understand that, you know, I could bring something to the table that maybe some other guys can't. And I I, I have to be the guy who, who utilizes that to its potential. You know, I got to be able to be the guy who lays down a bunt or moves the guy over or, or steals a bag. I mean, that's that's going to be my role. So, you know, if that is a utility guy, then, you know, then I have no problem with being a utility guy. 
Buddy has a great line for guys that aren't necessarily huge in stature, but will surprise you with uh, with their power. He says he they have sneaky pop, and he has used that uh, term about you. You may or may not be aware of that, and it's true. And and it's not just pull side pop because you hit I don't know three or four balls in the last uh, several days. Uh, you know, nearly out of the ballpark to right center and extreme center field. Uh, you probably don't even know this. The ball that you hit off the top of that um, extended wall, it's not marked there, but that's 424 feet from home plate. It's actually the deepest part of the park. So uh, uh, that that was pretty impressive, man. Yeah, thanks. No, I've been. Uh, I think it's just a matter of you know the balance that I'm that I'm creating with with. Uh, you know, my new, new toe tap and, and getting my rhythm back at the plate. And it just, I mean, it comes down to barreling up the baseball. You know, I think that I'm putting my body in a good position to to do that more consistently. And I think that's why uh, you're seeing some some harder, harder hit balls this year. You, you removed the leg, uh, you know, the lift last year in the middle of the season, which is I can't imagine how difficult that is to do, the timing mechanism completely changing. And then you had a great September last year with the toe tap. Is it second nature now, the toe tap? Uh, pretty close, yeah. I think uh, every day still, you know, I, I think some days I feel great, um, just like every hitter. I mean, we're not going to always show up to the field that day and be like, oh, yeah, my swing is locked in, you know. So I don't think I'll ever – I don't think anybody will ever be that good as far as that's why hitting is so hard, you know? So, but as far as my toe tap and, and how I, how I know, I think it should feel, I, I'm pretty confident, um, you know, that I can carry it out for sure. How frequently when you go to the plate, cause we've seen you push bunt for a hit and I know you can drag also, how frequently do you, you know, take a look at where the infield is? And, and of course, Game situation, scoreboard, I always tell people that dictates everything. But how frequently does that run through your mind? Yeah, no, you said it. I mean, I think it's situation first. And I think if the situation, you know, calls for it, I'm, I'm, I am I'm, look every time. You know, I, I'm i not afraid to bunt with, with one strike. I think a lot of that's a lot of the times, um, you know, I'll, I'll give myself, you know, a pitch to, to try to get a good pitch to swing at and it barrel up and, you know, if I get behind an account or maybe even ahead of the count, I'll, I'll take another peek at them. A lot of third basemen, you know, they might move back one step or, or you know, pull pull side a little more. First baseman, same thing. So, I'm, you know, I'm always looking down there, peeking. Um, but, you know, I think if I if I make a good uh, – if I execute a bunt, well, I think, uh, you know, I have a good chance of, of being safe. And, and like you said, I think the situation is, is the biggest thing. I saw you uh, attempt it, and I, I was kind of musing with Jeff Houston in the booth that you may do it there, and it was a combination. Uh, and I forget who was who was on the mound, but you had a heavier guy on the mound who, who probably doesn't move as well. He wasn't exactly Kyle Freeland at, on the mound, and a big and a bigger first baseman. I'm like, this is a pretty good combination right here. Is that also something that that you look at in terms of how you diagnose and potentially uh, uh, look for an opportunity? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think, you know, if I peek down at, if I was peeking down at Nolan Arenado at third, I don't know if I'll, uh, I don't know if it's the smartest thing to, to try him out, but, um, you know, depending on the pitcher, if a lefty falls off the mound, you know, that's a good, good opportunity to, to push one down the first base side. Um, you know, things like that. I'm always looking for, for little things like that to take advantage of the defense. Yeah. In terms of your everyday prep, uh, and I've talked to Charlie about this and, and some others, th- things are completely different. We all understand that. How has it affected you the most, whether it be video, 
preparation, when you get to the ballpark, uh, how you like to lift, stretch, hit, et cetera, where has it affected you the most in your prep? As a young guy, a lot of young guys, you know, they like to get there early and kind of get the routine out of the way. And uh, I think this year it's kind of all bundled together. We got a lot of guys who need to, to hit in the cage. You know, if we're on the road, we have, we have one cage. Um, and if we can't, you know, show up that early, you know, we kind of all have to bundle in there and, and try to shorten up our routines. And I think that's the main, the main thing that people have, you know, tried to adjust to as far as their routine is, is just got to cut down a little bit. How about video? Is that, I know that's, that's changed it kind of separate from, from the virus. Uh, in the dugout, can you look at a bat from, you know, if you, you know, you're in the seventh inning and you're facing maybe a guy for the second time who came in in middle relief, can you look at it in a bat again or, or, or is that not possible this year? Yeah, no, no video this year. Um, so far I've heard that they're talking about it. Um, I know you mentioned Charlie was big on that and I know he is, he's, he's big into that. So I think some guys are, are voicing their opinions for sure throughout the league. Um, but it's tough, you know, I think for guys who kind of relied on that their whole career for all of a sudden, you know, them not to have that, that video is a little, a little strange for them. We tell you every week about our friends at Ideal Home Loans. They get the job done for you as well. Interest rates, historic lows right now. So if you're looking at a new house, a new property, give Ideal Home Loans a call. If you want to refinance, hello, now's a beautiful time to do that as well. Give them a call at 303-867-7000, 303-867-7000. Brent Ivinson and his team, they've been in business almost 20 years. They have done such a fabulous job. That's how they've earned year in and year out an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. They love baseball, they love sports, and they take wonderful care of you. That's why they have so many repeat customers. Ideal Home Loans, 303-867-7000. You know, you and I were chatting off off the uh, air a little bit about not only the adjustments, but, you know, kind of day-to-day uh, what happens when you when you wake up and that sort of thing? And for me, I you know I do check to make sure I keep my fingers crossed every day that everybody's healthy first and foremost because uh, number one you want people to be healthy naturally, but number two it, it affects whether there's a game that night. Do you find yourself waking up and going and check Twitter or, or some other social media to make sure there wasn't an outbreak somewhere in the game? Yeah, for sure. I think especially you know early in the season, not knowing you know where this thing could 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 end up you know i think uh with the marlins thing and and the cardinals that was a little that was a little scary in the beginning um but i i really think i mean the rockies have done a phenomenal job with that we've uh we've taken this thing very seriously we've we've made some team rules and i know that everybody's following them you know and, and that shows with with the positive cases that we've had um so i think it's uh you know it is a it is it is a time where we all got to pay attention and, and just realize that it's a short season and, and you're affecting the whole team. You know, if you do, if you make a, make a mistake. So I think everybody's taking a uh, really good precaution to that and we're all being safe. Yeah, it seems there's been tremendous buy-in and, and I think the way you guys are constituted, it would have been that way anyhow. But, but part of it uh, has to be the fact that uh, you guys really believe you have a terrific team. You were, Tremendously disappointed, I know, in, in how last year, you know, ended up falling out. Tough year. 
uh, and getting back to the playoffs in, in 17 and 18. So when you guys have a, a rougher week, last week wasn't a great week from a wins-loss standpoint, uh, does it affect confidence at all? Or, or is it, you know, you, you felt like yesterday, you know, we're taping this on a Monday that, you know, the, the focus was as heightened as it could be and we got to come away somehow with a victory. Yeah, that was a, that was a big game just to kind of get back get back on track. Um, you know, tough tough home stand, I think. Uh, but, you know, we like you said, we, we, we know we have a really good team and we got a shot to, to do some damage in the playoffs. We got to get there first, but um, we believe in each other and I think we – we got a good shot, and we just got to keep uh, our starting pitching has been has been great so far. Uh, they're keeping us in games, and um, as an offense, you know we got to just look to get that lead and, and then extend it when we get it. So I think uh, you know we're excited, we're we're having fun with it. I think that's the main thing. You know we're playing loose. I think last year we were maybe putting too much pressure on ourselves. Um, you know we're a little more playing a little more loose, having a little more fun this year. So it's it's been a, it's been a great ride so far. Do you sense, especially in this sprint like everybody's calling it that this is a really big week you know four against the Astros a perennially you know tremendous team naturally and then the uh and then the Dodgers the first uh, time you'll face the Dodgers this year does it feel like yeah this is a big week yeah I think uh definitely you know looking at the schedule I think this is a going to be a tough week for us a a good test for us um and I think they're big games you know we got the Dodgers they're you know they they kind of they leapfrogged us a little bit in the standings, and so we got a we got a chance to to prove something and um, you know show them that you know we're we're going to be contending with them. So it's a big week for us. Uh, I don't think we're going to put too much pressure on ourselves or anything like that. But um, like you said, it's a sprint, and uh, every game means a little more. And I think we all understand that. Gee, the 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 perspective of an athlete, a player, is completely different from a fan. The fan, as much as they'd like to, has no effect. Broadcasters have no effect on, on the outcome uh, of games, even though some fans think that if I mention that, you know, Garrett Hampson, uh, uh, you know, has done X, Y, and Z, and that immediately I jinxed him if, if that doesn't happen next, but uh, that's a whole nother topic. But anyhow, with the Dodgers, people in, in our region, hardcore Rockies fans, love to hate the Dodgers. They've been on top for a long time. They probably have a, a, a confident arrogance, if you will, to them. Do the players feel that, or do they just look like, heck, yeah, they're really good. they got a lot of really good players. They've had great pitching for a lot for a while. Or, or is there a, a, you know, a degree of uh, dislike also for the Dodgers inside the division with the other teams? Yeah, no, I mean, I think with, with any competitive athlete, I think – um, you always, as as a competitor, you want to beat the best. You know, you want to be the best, and uh, that doesn't, you know, that might mean that you, you not necessarily like the best as well. So, as far as uh, the Dodgers are concerned, you know, I don't think it's anything personal with any of their guys or anything, or how they go about their business. But you know, if if they're constantly up at the top, you're gonna you're gonna try a little harder, or, or uh, you don't want to beat them a little more. So I think everybody has that feeling towards them. Um. And, uh, you know, just got to take it game by game and and uh, focus on us, focus on our dugout, and I think uh, we'll be fine in the end. Hey, I've never asked you this. Uh, is there a guy uh, on your roster? Really sometimes there's guys that are – that just for whatever reason, the way they go about their business or maybe it's how they speak, they get you fired up. They, they, they can get you riled and get you ready to go. Is there a guy uh, within your clubhouse that – uh, you like to be around because he, he gets you ready to go. 
Uh, I think uh, I think we got a great mix of, of personalities uh, this year. You know, I think um, on the on the lighter side and the more easygoing, I think the Murphys and, and Butera, you know, they uh, they try to keep it as loose as possible and just make sure we're all having fun out there and smiling. Murph always reminds the young guys to smile, you know, no matter how bad it's going. Um, you know, Murph could have, you know, in in his in his standards a terrible game, but he's always going to be smiling and always preaching that, you know, this game is, uh, this game is fun and you got to take it, you know, take, take it with the ups and downs. So I think we have, I mean, we got a, we got a great, great unit, um, of leadership, you know, Story and Nolan are, are more of the, the quiet lead by example kind of guys. Um, but like I said, just a great mix of both. And, um, you know, they, they make sure everybody's kind of on the, on the same boat. Hey, last one for you. Who was it that you admired or maybe tried to model your game after, if there was a guy? Maybe you just said, hey, I'm always going to be me. Uh, but was was there a, a big leaguer growing up in Reno and then on a long beach that you said, man, I love how that dude plays? Yeah, uh, there was a few, you know. Um, I grew up a, a Giants fan. Um, you know, as someone I, I will always watch and just appreciated how he played the game was, was Freddie Sanchez. Um, he was always – just the grinder, you know, uh, always hustling, always, uh, playing hard. And that's someone who I, I loved, uh, growing up, just watching him every single day. Um, I don't, he wasn't with the Giants for too long, but he was one of my favorites. I remember, uh, you know, throughout my high school days. And, you know, I, uh, I tried to model that a little bit. You know, I, I want to be the guy who's always hustling and, and always playing the game the right way. Yeah. Hustling, playing the game the right way never has a bad day. Freddie won a batting title. And uh, I, I've said this on the air about you before. It's appropriate that you went to Long Beach State and became a dirtbag. Yeah, that's how you. And that, you know what? And, and you know how I mean that. That that's to me is the highest compliment I can give somebody. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. No, I uh, take pride in that, and I think um, you know that's kind of where I, I continue to to think that way is is it is that Long Beach State, and I think just playing the game, you know, the right way, doing the little things. I think you know will always be be better than. You know, been not doing that. So, uh, yeah, I take pride in that. Yeah, well, happy continued success. Stay healthy, keep it rolling, and uh, it's been a, it's it's been fun to watch you and your and your teammates so far this year. Thanks, Drew. Thanks for having me. So Garrett Hampson getting a shot, I guess a little more, more eyeballs on him. So David Dahl obviously was taken out of the leadoff spot, went on the ten day DL, and now Garrett Hampson has a chance to show what he can do. Well, Garrett Hampson, the last couple of weeks, David was struggling. He had gotten dropped in the lineup. Hampson took over, and he gets on base. He had, he's had an on-base percentage at the top of the lineup in the high 300s, which is terrific. He's one of the fastest guys in baseball. And he's not a big guy, but he has, as Buddy likes to say, he has sneaky pop. We've seen him hit you know, home runs. Last September, he hit, I think, five home runs. Uh, he, he's, uh, you know, hit balls off the right center field wall, which again, going opposite field. I'm a big fan of his. And I think, and we talked about this during the podcast. I think too often we typecast players, even in professional sports, these guys who get paid a lot of money to evaluate talent. They said, Oh, you know what? He can play a lot of positions, really fast guy. Mm, He's going to be a super utility guy. And, and that label was kind of put on Garrett Hampson. And Garrett Hampson, to his credit, he just goes about his business. And you know he has that chip on his shoulder, and he's like, bullshit. I'm an everyday guy, and I'm going to prove I'm an everyday guy. Now, he'll never come out and and blatantly say that. I mean, mm-hmm. he kind of did in this. He doesn't care where he plays. 
but he believes he should be in the lineup every day because he can help you win games. And I love him at the top of the lineup because that's what he's done his whole life. And I think he is that classic, you know, leadoff type hitter who can hit the ball over the wall on occasion. But if he gets on base, he's going to wreak havoc. I'm dying to get to this segment before we end the show. You, you usually text me what you want to talk about. We kind of go back and forth. And one of the things you want to talk about were social media idiots. We have not talked about this, but I'm super excited. What do you got? There's a lot of shit going on in the world right now. Yeah, there to is. To say the least. Who are these people that are so miserable we're so gung-ho to pull people down, to drag people down. I know they're in the minority, but what gets somebody to the point where they're going to go, you know what, Julie Brownman is a boop, 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 or Drew Goodman's a boop, 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 boop. I don't care if you, if you, I understand the territory for me, at least that I work in, that not everybody's going to like you. That's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, we I have broadcasters, uh, um, people, you know, Hollywood folks, whatever that you that you really like, and others that you know I think they're overrated or whatever. But I don't, I wouldn't come out publicly and assault their character or come out and say, boy, I can't stand that. I mean, you know, you and I we're good friends, and I may say to you, Julie, yeah, yeah, I'm not a big fan of this. Hollywood person, this actor or that ever, you know, that's fine. Why, why do people, why are they so driven hiding behind the anonymity of the Twitter, their Twitter handle to, to just come out and rip people? What happened? Julie, I deal with it all the time and Mm -hmm. I, and I don't, even though the competitor in me, the way you know how I'm wired, I want to come out. Even my kids have said, don't, Dad, because you can't win. No, it just you goes know? on and on and but, on. But part of it is, and it's not just about me. I'm just saying in general, because yeah. I see it other, I see it a ton of other places. Like, why is it that all of these people are so much better at your job? And I don't just, I'm not talking about me. I'm like, they're, they're a better manager than Buddy Black. They're a better athlete than the guy who's busted his butt and is playing in the big leagues. They're much better than you are at that. I get frustration from fandom when the team doesn't do well or or player A doesn't do well or you don't like a a managerial move. But who the hell are you to think you're better at that? If you were so good at that, why the hell aren't you doing it? Yeah, the guys that I know that do that are just kind of pretty angry, jealous people. Right? So do you actually know? I don't. I've never I used met to work with some that, guys that were in the sports radio world that would just rip people, and these guys couldn't hold a whatever to athletically to. And I was always like, I never understood that. Like, you guys are have a big fat belly. You're super unathletic, and you're ripping that guy. Right. I just and but but they were just negative. You really don't find a lot of happy people getting on social media and being like that guy blows that guy. Right. That's kind of it's I'm so over negativity Uh in the world. Um, It's there's enough. Yeah. Negative stuff that happens without adding to it. And it and it's it's a real issue. And And it's a it's a newer issue because of the advent of social media. And it, it's disturbing. And it's not, it has less to do with me and more to do just with the overall tenor 
that is out there and you and you say really why i mean how is that up be uplifting find something that that makes you feel good and if you don't care for somebody or whatever that's mm-hmm. fine we all we all have our likes and dislikes but but to does it make you feel better to put somebody else down yeah sadly so as we end the that that is how those people feel as we end the podcast we have a fantastic producer marky who edits this together what song would make you feel better what can we bump out with? i feel great right now other than i wish the rockies had won eight <laughs> of their last ten as opposed to but having lost what song do you listen to that you're like you hear it and you're like Yes, the world is good. I got one, Julian. There's a lot of songs that make me feel really good. Yeah. But I was thinking about this earlier today when I was out running, and I threw on Spotify in one of my arrangements on Spotify, and the first song that came up was Jimmy Buffett doing Margaritaville. Mm. I mean, that's got to put you in a good mood, right? Right. You feel like you're at a beach. You've got a drink (laughs) with an umbrella in it. You know, and the and the listening to the ocean. If that doesn't yeah. put you in a good mood, I don't know what will. So as we bump out with that, we hope everybody has a wonderful week. The Rockies get back on track. If you can get to a beach, do it. If not, pretend with us. Have a great week, everybody. Nibbling on sponge cake Watching the sun bake All the 